Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show. Norton Superior Brewing Company upload of the Game Sports Show. You're listening to the game on thegamesportshow.com or through the various media platforms, so Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Podbean, or Podtail podcast platforms, or even Facebook and Instagram at the Game Sports Show. Either way, very happy that you're able to join us, and in particular for listening through our website, thegamesportshow.com. Make sure that you make thegamesportshow.com a part of your homepage on either your desktop or your mobile device to keep in touch with the great content that the Game Sports Show uploads. And speaking of those uploads, make sure you check out all the uploads, not only just this week, but previously, including with our special edition uploads, the most recent one with Jason Bakashua. As we sit here today, as I mentioned, yours truly, Dave McKay. I'm joined by my trusty co-host, Alex Parr, Dane Hanshow. Dane, how's it going, my friend? Going well, buddy. Thanks for having me back. Life is good. Can't complain. Uh, excited to talk to you, boys. Definitely. Alex Parr now, you know, fashionably late, but at least you're here and the recording has started and at least you're on the other on the other end of the mic. I mean, as far as everyone listening knows, I made it on time. I'm not late to the interview or the podcast that they're listening to. So what's going on, everyone? No, I had to throw you under the bus a little bit, you know, just to throw a little. I can tell. I can tell. I can tell because you had to. We tried to restart this a couple times, and I could tell you were a little frazzled at the fact I was late. So I'm sorry, Dave. I'm here. I love you. Oh, you're definitely not frazzled. I'm very happy that you're able to be here, and also uh, with Dane, as we have a lot to get to. And with our North Superior Brewing Company uploads, I want to remind listeners that obviously, with our format in transition and changing. It still is changing and altering, especially given the COVID-19, what's been going on. Obviously, our sports center editions are mainly stuck to football, both nationally and locally, with some basketball involved in there. I must remind listeners that our North Superior uploads have hockey, as well as our strike zone uploads, as well as also some basketball when the news is there as well, and more variety of sports. So this will be all cleared out. So when you're wondering why all these different uploads are happening, how much there are, it's not only just because of what we have here in so Ontario, so Michigan, all the other podcasts that we have on our platform at the Game Sports Show and Gem. Either way, uh, make sure that listeners know that this is going to be here tonight with discussing hockey, as well as we're going to get into some basketball, both Alex and I, to conclude the show. And for hockey, it's going to be national, and it's going to transition to our local. I want to make sure I stress hashtag gem local so the first topic i wanted to bring up and first thing is obviously today we had some sad news in the national hockey as we sit here today recording being november the 24th uh, fred saskamus passed away and he was having complications with this team and obviously he was the first one of the nhl's first indigenous players and he dies after his covid19 diagnosis he was 86 years old Obviously, he was elderly in comparison to myself or some others, but either way, COVID-19 has struck here, and it's sad to see as the NHL has lost one one of its legends, one of its icons in the sport, and someone who has been involved in that transition. In the world of sports, especially with the, with the indigenous hockey players, and I'm going to go over to you, Alex, with this uh, just quickly before we uh, transition to our next topic. You know, 2020 first off has been a year of you know it's been a sad year overall for a lot of uh, tragic and sad deaths, and obviously COVID-19 has had a lot of part in that. But this shows, despite his age, how actually serious COVID-19 could be. Not only that, I mean, like a lot of the time you hear the big celebrities that are getting affected by it or it's played up in the media. But now this this hits way closer to home. It's not you're safe in your little small hometown of Sault Ste. Marie. It's 
I don't know, man. It's real, and I hope I hope people open their eyes. They may say, you know what, it's a home stretch. The the vaccine's on its way, but we're not out of it yet. Got to keep wearing those masks and doing their thing. Yeah, definitely. You know what? And there's been survivors that have been out more of older of Fred, but despite what, it doesn't matter if someone's older, or younger. Does it affects people in different ways? Those people don't realize. So obviously, COVID nineteen has been a big part of the community. It's changed a lot of our normality in the world, right? So it's been a change, especially for us with our in the world of broadcasting and uh, just even delaying lots of things with Gem, with with the local and national side of a lot of things that we plan to upload. And just as seeing this with Fred, despite you know the the impact that he had in the world and even being 86 years of age, it's still due to what has been spreading around the world. And it's still obviously extremely sad to see. And he obviously his iconic presence that he had in hockey is, was a great transition into the world that we have today in the world of hockey. Dane is transitioning now into another side of, uh, of hockey in terms of hiring on the female side, getting into the national hockey league. Now, speaking of impacts in the world, obviously recently with the Miami Marlins, they have been involved with obviously hiring the first female general manager in the MLB, which was long overdue, well-deserved and, Honestly, now with the hiring in the National Hockey League, we've seen we, we've had Cohen Schofield uh, has been hired as the Blackhawks' first female development coach. He's a two-time Olympic medalist, also will work as a youth hockey growth specialist. And this is something that's also been long overdue. And an interesting story that I want to share with you before we even jump into going with Dane's comment is, first off, she's a 2018 Olympic gold medalist. She's a six-time world championship gold medalist. Uh, she's a 2015-2016 Patty Kazmaier Award winner, which is NCAA top female collegiate player. She played four seasons at Northeastern University. And, and she uploaded something on her on her facebook page that you can like uh, that you can check out is she uploaded her her gratitude for the marlins for hiring what they did and she was saying this is the start of things to come now i'm not sure if she was tar- talking about herself uh and the, or if, when she mentioned it's only up from here either way if she was releasing a little teaser about herself or if she just came or if this job came open and she applied and got it and it came after it whatever it may be it's certainly a step forward for not only the nhl but for the society today yeah so it's really good to see um you know obviously an american uh our legend um i believe she was the one that also skated in the skills competition uh in the uh, fastest skater a couple yeah, years ago, Keller. Connor, Connor, and uh, Barzal and, uh, and the boys. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know it's uh, it's really good to see. Um, obviously, uh, you know, hockey's been in her life her whole life. She's played at a really high level. Um, you know, we've all watched the girls play. You know what? They're uh, they're they're j- just as amazing to watch out there. Um, so yeah, it's really good to see. Um, she's a knowledgeable uh, person when it comes to the game. Um, uh, like I've said before, I think the girls, you know, know just as much about hockey as the boys. Um, if you spend that much time in the game, um, obviously you're going to develop that kind of knowledge when it comes to that. So, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be good all around. Um, obviously, I kind of foresee this uh, kind of opening up some more doors for, you know, hopefully some more females. We've obviously seen it kind of on the media side with Cassie Campbell and. And all of them, you know, working for CBC or whether, you know, some of the girls that are working for NBC uh, over in the States there, too. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's really good to see. 
you know what, obviously being a part of a legendary organization such as the Blackhawks, you know, that's it doesn't matter if it was with the Blackhawks or even no offense to Florida fans, Florida Panthers or Arizona Coyotes, if you're on the kind of the side of a prestigious end in comparison to the Blackhawks, is what I mean by that. But either way, uh, she obviously is making a step forward into the into the society where we have a community, not only not only society, but communities in the world are starving for positive steps forward, right? We've had a year in 2020 that that has been a world shocker just because of COVID-19, but also because of everything that is happening in the world. And obviously, we're not a political show in terms – we're not going to talk about the transition of presidency as much as people may be excited. Sorry, I've, I've spoiled what I feel of that. Or just in terms of the negative side, all the riots and everything that has came out. This this has been the most impactful year that I can remember my 29-year life. Now, even with my parents being uh, more so than double my age, this also this is the year where they can see being the most impactful of their life too. So it's been a world in the year a year in the world story that has been just so much change is happening and so much a lot of negative has happened in the world. It's good to see this positive that has came out and to see this happen. It's well-deserved because of her involvement. She obviously knows what the hell she's doing on the ice. She can skate circles around a lot of players that I know, even in the national hockey league, she showed in that skills competition. And I believe she was faster par, right? than Clayton Keller. Was that the one you mentioned? Yeah. Yeah. She was actually, I was looking at it here. Hold on. Noah Hannafin, Clayton Keller, and I believe Josh Bailey, the New York Islanders. See that that's impressive. Right. And, you know, there was a good quote from Stan Bowman, who is the general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, said, quoting, adding talent to people with diverse and multifaceted backgrounds like Kendall, Eric, and Juan enhances our operations as we assess changing the, the landscape of hockey levels to continue to build and maintain a system of elite hockey. So that was about where they hired Eric Condra, Juan Gonzalez as their coach. However, he went on and said – that with Cohen, she's gonna have a she's gonna have a lot of responsibility and is well deserved, you know. So when she was hired, there was others that were hired with her, but she had the standout position, which was obviously well well deserved and as a part of the implementation of the Blackhawks' new focus, uh, and especially with the, the the roots of the youth hockey programs and clinics. That is so big. There's not only just being a part of the the National Hockey League in a perspective with the Blackhawks. If they're able to give back to the community of Chicago. That is a big part of it. I love when I see NHL teams get involved with just the community and not just themselves and the team. And the Blackhawks are well known for that. Despite what we want to say as a fan for them winning a lot, they've turned around that organization. They got a bright future still, that organization too, despite they're not really setting back anything. You know, last I checked, they beat the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs. Sorry, Dave. Uh, so it's 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 a it's a it's an organization that has been real positive. And I think I got to credit Stan Bowman for not only his positive words about Combe, but also bringing in players and making change on his office end that people may not have know of. In particular, with Eric Condra, very good to hire for a player development coach. But transitioning, fellas, I want to jump into a topic now in the National Hockey League about the Buffalo Sabers. Now. All of us have been quoted on this show to talk about how much of a dumpster fire the Buffalo Sabres are. Now, 
I got a friend, obviously, uh, and someone who listens to the show, Colin Miller, who is a part of the defensive core in the, with the Buffalo Sabres. So I want to make sure I stress everyone knows that I haven't talked to Colin about anything about the Buffalo Sabres. I haven't even seen him since our good friends charity golf tournament. So I can promise you when I do see him, we don't talk about the organization or nothing. We actually talk about just life. The only time we talk about hockey is when he's on this show. So I want to make sure I really stress that none of these comments that we're talking about back and forth is about ideas or knowing from what we did brought up. But I've talked smack about the Buffalo Sabres is what I mean in terms of that organization being a dumpster fire. But this offseason, Dan, Alex, they made some good positive steps forward. And Jack Eichel was one to compliment all the moves that have been going on. So one thing that I want to ask, and I'm going to go to Alex first, then to Dane. So first, Alex, I'll go one part to you, and then I'm going to give another part to Dane. We can go back and forth here a little bit. Do we think that the Sabres have stepped forward? And why does it seem that they're stepping back with the rebuild up to now opposed to moving forward? Like, why has this been such a long transition for the Buffalo Sabres? Well, I mean, I think the first thing that was important in their offseason was those sick retro reverse jerseys. Those things are nasty with the double Sabres across the chest. Great move. Uh, Like I said last podcast, I don't even understand how they got Taylor Hall convinced to go there. I mean, that's a lot of money for a chance, but... I mean, they're not losing anything, right? It's just, so let's see if we can make Eichel happy, and hopefully he doesn't want out of here by the end of next season. Um, I don't, I just, the division is, well, I guess it, not the division anymore. The divisions are getting all shake, shaken up. But either way, I just, I don't know. Like, could they make the playoffs? Yes, but would they have any impact? Probably not. And what do you think? Well, I think, like, Alice kind of touched on it there um, right at the end about the division. Um, obviously, playing in a tough division with Toronto, Boston, and uh, Tampa, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of... They're not going to be playing that division anymore, though. No, no, but I mean, is... I'm kind of I'm talking about, you know... The future. Up, uh, up until this point, right? So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think obviously, um, you know, you can kind of look back to tra- trading O'Reilly. I think uh, he, he went to St. Louis became their number one centerman. Um, he ended up winning the Conn Smythe last year during their playoff run, played, you know, the best hockey he's probably ever played. Um, he's another guy that's represented Team Canada, you know, on the highest stage a couple times. So I think uh, kind of the package that they got out of that deal, and I can't even remember who they got out of that deal, but, you know, obviously nobody that significant. So I think, you know, going back to that, that's kind of, you know, definitely set them back a little bit. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Jeff Jeff Skinner uh, signing there. Um, about seven million dollars a year. I think you know you're probably looking at at least two two million dollars too much for that. So obviously that kind of eliminates you know some some more options for you when it comes to your salary cap. Um, and then yeah, uh, bringing Taylor Hall in, I think it's kind of a last ditch effort to keep uh, Jack Eichel in the mix. I think it's not a uh, you know, a secret that he is getting pretty fed up um, with the lack of success that, uh, you know, Buffalo hasn't been to the playoffs since he's been in the league. So, um, yeah, I think Taylor Hall and, and Jack Eichel are two players that, you know, hopefully they can kind of find magic together. And, uh, I mean, Buffalo's been so good at the start of the season the last two years, come out of the gate swinging, and then they just, you know, just die off, you know, kind of come midway through the season. So, um, yeah, consistency is another big thing with that team. And then, yeah, I mean, their back end and their goaltending is not the best, too. I think Dolan's 
obviously going to step up and play, you know, big, big minutes this uh, upcoming season. He's already showed that, you know, he's going to be a, you know, a number one defenseman in the, in, in the league. Um, Ristolainen's a guy that's, you know, kind of touch and go for them. I think they were always hoping he was going to turn into something, you know, a little bit more than, than the player that he is. So big I mean, there, 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 there's a, there's a bunch of things going wrong in, in Buffalo. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, so I do like their coach. I, I'm blanking on the name right now, but uh, he, he was the coach for the Oilers in their uh, in the lockout season there. But uh, yeah, so yeah, it's Buffalo. I mean, I think the Sobeys Ralph Kruger. Ralph Kruger. Yes, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Great coach. So hopefully they kind of keep uh, keep him on and uh, kind of give him a chance there. But yeah, Buffalo is just cursed. So. See, one thing I'll say. I think someone needs to throw Rasmus Ristolainen in a life, like a life raft here, and just get him out of there. Change the scenery, something yes. new for him. Doesn't work in Buffalo. Toronto, but they can't afford him. No, That's no. I, I always argue this. I mean, what guy goes to Toronto and goes, "Yeah, I'm going to turn my career around with my <laughs> mental when my mental about the game is bad." That doesn't happen. It's under a magnifying glass a hundred more times than it ever would be in Buffalo. You don't come to Toronto to fix your career. You come to Toronto to cash in and sputter out. I know a team that does need a defense, but definitely the Winnipeg Jets. But I think that'd be a little bit. Like if you, I don't know if you throw Patrick Liney in a trade, but I don't think we're selling in Liney straight oh. up something, right? But I think no, no. But there'd be some. Imagine trade. a line of Liney, uh, Eichel, and Hall. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! And you throw Rista Line and Colin Miller's another guy that might need to change the scenery again. And Winnipeg needs D, right? So you throw two defensemen there, and maybe you throw in. I don't, I don't know if you throw in Casey Middlestad. That might be a little too high, but maybe Tage Thompson. And speaking of Tage Thompson, the Buffalo Sabres traded O'Reilly to St. Louis. Dane, just to answer that for Tage Thompson, Patrick Birdland, Vladimir Sabaka, a 2021 second, and a first round pick in 2019, which end up being Ryan Johnson, a defenseman late in the draft, who we're not, you know, obviously a great prospect that could turn into something, but in that trade, St. Louis walks away with, you know, depending on what happens with that second round pick this season, could be a good move out of them, right? Like it feels like St. Louis at this point basically robbed Buffalo, but it'd be interesting. I mean, they won the cup, so. Yeah, exactly. And it's because of a guy <laughs> who is going to be a selfie favorite every year, Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Well, I Remember think, that I season he played where he. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I believe like at the tail end of his tenure in Buffalo, like he was like their best player. Like he was like the only guy going out there, like giving like a shit about yeah. what was going on. And then they just, just traded him. So, and yeah. like, I mean, I, 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 it's crazy for like Ryan O'Reilly to be traded as many times as he has. Like obviously in Colorado was a little bit of a salary cap thing. You know, they had younger guys coming up in the, in the system, but I mean, Imagine what Colorado would be looking like right now if they never got rid of O'Reilly. Like, I just, yeah, I think a couple teams would definitely jump the gun on him. Uh, obviously, St. Louis will be uh, holding on to him for uh, the foreseeable future. He's such a leader, too. Alex, you were saying. Yeah, do you remember that season? I think he was in Colorado where it was like 74 games in and he hadn't taken a penalty yet. And everyone was watching to see if he'd take one before the end of the season. And from that season on, I was like, oh, that guy. And then the media really started noticing it, too. And it was nice because that man deserves his recognition. The guy went second round to Colorado, 33rd overall. And the guy who went in front of him was Landon Ferraro, okay, Ray Ferraro's son, okay, and obviously not living up to his father's head, but a very steep draft. 
in 2009. I think we both know. I know Alex should know who went first overall in 2009. It was a current Leaf captain that went first overall. And Victor Hedman, second, right? Oliver Ekman Larson draft. That was also Kadri's draft. That's a very strong NHL draft. Edmonton, Dane, I'm going to ask you a quick question since you are an Oiler fan off air. Do you know who Edmonton drafted 10th overall that year? Uh, what year? 2009. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, Magnus Pyarvi. Yeah, 100%. You got it. The Paul- pirate. Whatever happened to that guy? Oh, you know, oh, there's a guy. Like a poor, just- poor flying grinder on, uh, on, on, on the blues. Uh, he was, and then he went to Ottawa in 18, and then also 19. Now he's in the KHL playing for Yaroslav Locomotive, okay? Like how I added the his Lock. best season was his rookie year. Damn, that's awesome. And he also only had 11 points in 24 games, three goals in the KHL this year, a league that he should be thriving at. There was a guy that it didn't really work out in Edmonton, but we know that's been for a lot of players for Edmonton. Unfortunately, it's not because of – I'm not sure what it is. I just don't know what it is. But one big name that really sticks out in that draft won eighth overall. His name is Scott Glennie. I don't know if anyone knows who that is. He went eighth overall to Dallas that year. Fun nope. fact. Uh, not, a, not a clue. <laughs> there we go. We'll keep it at that. That'll be the thumbnail right there. Who is this guy? Uh, so I'll he played say, one game in the NHL. <laughs> with Stars and he got two penalty minutes. It's probably a Dane Hantro NHL 21 trip that he did. No, it was two penalty minutes, not eight. Oh, so I said eight? Sorry, it was two penalty minutes. Thank you very no, much. No, no, no. Dane would be the one taking oh. eight. That's why he's not <laughs> like Scott Glennie. Oh, no. I penalty in six games last night. <laughs> <laughs> So the Buffalo Sabres, though, I'll say flat out to say on that topic is they're trying to do what they can to make a competitive team on the ice. But Biz Nasty said it pretty good on, on Barstool and spitting chicklets that he said that imagine that atmosphere in the playoffs. I remember, I do remember that atmosphere in the playoffs in 98 when they eliminated the Toronto Maple Leafs in that playoff uh, to move on to the Stanley Cup Finals to have the Brett Hall famous goal. So I was seven at the time, but that place is craving success and it hasn't had a lot of it, obviously. And they've had a lot of good tier talent coming there with Shatan. They've had Turgeon get drafted first overall back in the day, Dominic Hasek. You know, the list goes on. Maximum Finneganoff, one of my favorite Russian players of all time. You know, there's a city that's just craving that success. And Jack, they're doing what they can to have Jack be happy because there's been rumors that he wanted out. Right. There's been rumors that he wasn't happy. And, you know, if he if they don't have success this year or even next year, you can pretty much kiss Jack. Bye. I'm, I'm calling it right now. If the Sabres don't smarten up and get some success, that's it. Jack's gone and they're going to be going right back to a rebuild. Then you may as well sink that franchise in the bottom tier with some other bottom tier franchises that don't have respect. Just final saying it. There's there's. There's a rudeness coming out of me. But the big reason that I'll say is I I think the big reason why they can't step forward, guys, is because of poor management. I really feel like their like, Taylor Hall contract is a good one. One year, $8 bucks. I'm surprised no other team gave them more money. Okay, okay, I know you really want to go to Buffalo, but I'm, I'm surprised that someone else didn't give them the money. But they have good talent. They have the fit, but it hasn't really worked out. And I'm not too sure what the main reason is, but I think the big reason is because they haven't had a goaltender that has been like Dominic Hasek, right? You have Uka Pekka coming up, but the guy hasn't been flashy in the minors either. So hopefully he's on a bus. He was great in the World Juniors, but you need to get a goaltender. 
that is where the success, I think, of the Buffalo Sabres is really going to stem. And that's why this year I'm surprised that they didn't go after a Braden Holtby, that they didn't go after a true number one goaltender that can pivot and change. Because they still have cap room where they could have got Holtby and also got Taylor Hall. But am I crazy for saying that? Whoever wants to jump in on that. It's hard to say, I think, because it's like, well, how good do you want to be? Do you want to be actually good and spend the money? Well, we don't really make a lot of money either in revenue. I mean, look, if the Leafs play there, it's a Leafs home game at that point. But do we not spend any money and not keep Jack Eichel? Well, let's spend a little bit. Yeah, we'll get Hall, but let's not get everything. Let's let's not push it. I'm not saying that the Buffalo management cheapen out on it but I, I don't know i don't feel like the management's completely committed to the players they have there except for jack eichel but i mean if you play like that then he, he's just gonna walk at that point yeah i think well so. i i think you're gonna look at at holby i mean when you've already invested so much money in guys like skinner um yeah i think is your upgrade with holby gonna be that much better than their their current situation like holby's numbers have declined since their 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 cup run a couple years ago um he hasn't really put up you know his i would say you know all-star numbers in the last three years so um i i think he's kind of a goalie that's on the decline so do you take that risk you know paying a guy four million dollars for you know four four or three or four years like vancouver paid him i think i think you know at the end of the day, with goalies right now too, they're they're so hit and miss that I think you know most teams that are finding success right now are obviously bringing up goalies through their own system, and not you know per se trading for them you know at a deadline or going through free agency. So I mean, look at Bob in Florida right now. Florida played that man a lot of money to be you know what uh, an all star caliber goaltender, and he's arguably I would say bottom five goalies in the NHL this season. Mm-hmm. He played like it. So. Six more years, man. Yeah, I think like as far as me, like being, you know, an armchair GM there, I, I, I wouldn't be investing a whole lot of money in a goalie at that age. Um, and, you know, who has obviously had declining numbers over the last three seasons. So I think, you know, Buffalo's kind of hoping. And like, I mean, they got a lot of good pieces in place. Like they got a lot of good young players like. I think, you know, obviously you want to kind of save that money and hopefully try to keep some of those guys. You know, obviously they've already re-signed guys like Jack Eichel, but, you know, Casey Middlestat, you know, hopefully that guy kind of breaks out. And I think that's like another issue with Buffalo. They kind of need some of those younger guys to kind of break out. Obviously, Reinhardt took a bit of a jump the last two years and he's putting up 60 points a season. But Casey Middlestat's always a guy that I thought was going to be, you know, really, really, really good. He has the size, he has the skill. This kind of hasn't panned out. So I think, uh, I mean, Buffalo has to get good again at some point. But, I mean, my God, if they end up losing Jack Eichel, it's going to cripple that franchise. It is. Now, you know what? Dave McKay here joined by Dane Hantro and Alex Parnetzel saying the, with the Buffalo Sabres, won't occupy too much time. We went into a lot about Buffalo and shitting on this, uh, the, the organization of Buffalo. So transitioning, you know, I'd like to hear everyone else's take in terms of the listeners and viewers. Make sure you comment below what you think of the Buffalo Sabres. Will they turn it around this year? Are they done this offseason? I don't think they're done. I think maybe I might have started a little rumor with the Winnipeg Jets. Hopefully I did. If something happens there, I'm I'm saying that I said it first. I'm flat out saying it will not be around anybody. One thing I do want to bring up about the offseason still with the RFA class, and Dane and I were talking about this prior, Alex, before going on air. 
Uh, we have a couple topics we're going to bring up before we transition into local, then go to our first break. Uh, actually, it'll be our only commercial break of the show, may I tease. But the RFA situation. And I understand that there is a lot in place because of the COVID-19 pandemic, right? I, I understand. But someone like Matt Barzell, there's someone who is still available. And there's multiple other RFAs that are available. Okay. Also, if you want to look at some other names that could be out there, uh, you can look at uh, guys in the future were like several key members in the 2020 RFA classes, Thomas Shabbat, Nico Heischer, Clayton Keller, Alex Deprinka, Darnell Nurse. And those guys were, you know, being a part of the RFA class, it's pretty stacked. And if you look at the ones that are still available in particular with Matt Barzell, okay, how hasn't somebody went out and given this guy an offer sheet? I was saying this today, and Alex, is what I was getting to. If I was a general manager, not that you don't want respect, and I think that's going to be the worst want. But if I'm in the National Hockey League, I want to win. Okay. And if I'm a general manager in the National Hockey League, why, if I don't have the money, or if I do have the money, sorry, if you want an organization that you can name that may have the money, maybe if you look at, I'm not sure if you want to throw Arizona. Uh, I know Carolina doesn't really have the money, but they're in the division of the Islanders. Why not throw an offer sheet out to Matt Barzell and make the Islanders have to match it? Or worst case scenario, you give up three or four first round picks for a generational talent. I just think as you started there, it's a little uncertain times. You, we just, we think we know right now, but we don't quite yet. I think the teams are going to try to re- recuperate their losses. The only teams that I could ever see doing that right now are a very rich team to like a Florida or a lower market team. I mean, Hey, even the Islanders, I guess would kind of land on that scale. But I just I think all these teams are gonna try to write it out before they just they start throwing offer sheets around. Just I, I don't know, but I would love something crazy to happen. I would love like the Rangers or something to throw Barzell uh, a qualifying offer or not a qualifying offer, but uh, an offer sheet. I just don't see it happening. Would you? Would you? As a, I know, given the times right now, Alex, if you're the general manager chair of the Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers two situations here you're in their division you can cripple the islanders which is i understand the respect thing that i think dame will jump into but even if you're the arizona coyotes okay if you're the general manager of one of those three teams okay you would you just say right now today you're sitting at home you're just gonna sit there and say fuck it i'm doing it (laughs) i feel like i would i honestly feel like if i was sitting at home right now and especially if I'm the Carolina Hurricanes, okay, a team that, yeah, you know, we just re-signed Aho and they have a lot of money invested. Okay, you're going to have to move a lot of cap space out, but you have like seven defensemen that are NHL ready that you can move out of that pile. So you could make room in Carolina. Okay, or the Rangers, they have some contracts they're going to have to re-sign eventually, but there's contracts you can still move. Arizona, they, no one has. They have, they have room. Okay, they have room. They can throw money out, but their picks are always high lottery picks. And nothing seems to work out there. So, uh, honestly, why not just say fuck it? Like, wouldn't you just do it? I would. Okay, well, I'm looking at the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, great website, cap-friendly. They have an offer sheet calculator. I put in a cap hit at 8.5 for Matt Marzella, six years. They could do it, but at that point, they'd be giving up two first-round picks, a second, and a third. 
how confident are you that you are going to be so good that those picks are going to work themselves all the way to the bottom because you don't want something to happen where your team falters or one player gets injured and the team goes way off course where you're looking and going, uh, maybe, maybe I want that pick now. You know, ah, it's so hard. Big draft up too. big draft coming up. There's somebody getting drafted in the next one year and even two years. You got Shane Wright. You got Connor Bedard coming up, but you got to predict that the Rangers may be a bit more cautious in the Coyotes, right? But I feel like if you're Carolina or you're a team that's already had a good season, especially for the Boston Bruins, okay, you're on the decline and you have some young guys coming up and you need a change in your franchise eventually as soon as Bergeron decides to, you know, move on somewhere else or retire, you can have someone jump in immediately and you can continue where you left off. You're going to know that you're still going to be good this year and next year. The only way you wouldn't be good this year and next year if there were injuries, and that is a good risk to take, is just to say fuck it and jump into it, I feel. Like especially, I, I didn't even think about Boston. If I was Boston, I'd be saying screw it. I'm throwing that offer sheet out there. I, I don't have cap, but I'll make it work. I'll trade somebody. I'll figure it out. They have the best contract in the NHL with David Pasternak. You know, if you're Boston or if you're Carolina, a team that has a good surplus of talent already, you make it work, especially if you're in their own division. You can screw over the Islanders. I know that's not respectful, Dane. I want you to jump in next. Is But who cares about respect right now? You want to win a Stanley Cup. And if you can get a generational talent, especially if it's three or two or four first-round picks, whatever the cap is, he's worth it. I, I I completely disagree, especially if you're an Islanders. You know, if you're the Islanders, you don't you don't think that team's a playoff team without Matt Barzell, the way that they play team hockey? Like, they definitely are. And if, you know, Lou can get four first-round picks and doesn't have to pay the guy, you know, $10.5 million, I think he just takes the four the four picks for sure. I mean, having two pick two first round picks in the next four years of the draft, you're you're gonna hit. You're you're you're, you're gonna hit something. So and, you think Matt Barzell is gonna be worth more than ten point nine million? I, I think, I, think I, I think if you're gonna realistically give him an offer sheet and expect to get him. I think like eight and a half million dollars. I think the Islanders match that no problem. Eight and a half is only one first round, one second round, one third round. No, is that it? Well, they're, yeah, yeah. But that's what, but yeah, but that's what I mean. They're like the Islanders are going to match it regardless. Like I'm mm. saying, if you're going to put out an offer sheet to actually get the player, you're going to have to pay like ten million dollars. Eight and a half million dollars isn't going to cut it. You know what I mean? Like, that's probably the ballpark range that the Islanders are probably going to pay him anyways, unless he takes a discount so they can utilize that money in you know, other areas of the team. Here's a fun fact. The Islanders right now projected cap hit this year, as per cap friendly, is $77,594,167. Their projected cap space is just under $4 million. So you got to think with a sign and uh, Matt Barzell, it's going to be above that. So they're going to have to make a move anyways. Some guys making high contracts. There's Uncle Leo making three for two more years. You have uh, you have the Cal Clutterbuck who is making 3.5 for a couple years. Uh, you also have Andrew Ladd's contract on there for five and a half, which is a shithole of a contract for them. I'm sure that's one they would love to have off the books. Johnny Boychuk, two more years at six. Nick Letty, two more years at five and a half. Simeon Varlamov, there's another one. Three years left with a five, and he's 32 years old. They have, they're a little 
they're about, about the cap space where if you go in there and you make them have to sign Matt Barzell at 10 million, even if they match an offer at 10, I think the Islanders match anything under 10, 10 and under. I think that's where they match anything above 10. They wouldn't match. But at the same time, you're getting somebody, okay, who is unbelievable talent. Like if you're Carolina, for example, you're getting somebody who is going to be your number one guy and you're going to have a 15 and under pick for the next couple of years, more than a couple of years. Here's a guy who gets a point a game a season, basically, except in the 19 season. This past year, he had 60 points in 68 games. So you got a situation where the Islanders are already tight against the cap. So you can, if especially if you're a division rival, screw it. Maybe they buy out Lad. Maybe they make things work out. But they have a lot of long-term contracts. Like Lee is at seven million for the next five years. Gabriel Pajot is the next six or five-ish years. Sorry, at five million. I mean, there's a lot of money they're spending. There's something that people are forgetting. They have to re-sign Noah Dobson in the next couple of years, and that guy has a future top four defenseman. I'm telling you right now, Noah Dobson is going to be a big part of that transition going forward. They have a good goaltender in Ilya Sorokin. Okay, so if you wanted to trade Varlamov somewhere, but last I checked, not everyone is really dying hunting for goalies unless you're the buffalo sabers but they're not able to take that contract on of the Simeon varlamov so that's where if i'm a gm you can really cap fuck a team that have already cap fucked themselves and especially if you own a division why wouldn't that be so attractive because you're gonna cap fuck yourself and every other team in the league's already cap fucked there's a flat cap for like the next four years there's a reason there's so many rfas left out there there's a reason there's so many you know, big UFAs still out there. Teams don't have money. There's too much uncertainty in the, in the future. You know, are they going to have fans in the stands or not? That's a lot of things to consider when you're going to be paying some guy $10 million. I guarantee you guys that there's going to be zero offer sheets, zero offer sheets to any of these guys. None that are going to be, you know, we're, no offer sheets that are going to be, you know, four first round picks going one way and, you know, a player in $10 million going the other way. So, I, it's just it's just not going to happen. And I, I think, obviously, you know what? They're not in a rush to get things done. They don't even know when the season's going to start next. So I think they got time. And I think, you know, Lou Lamorello has obviously looked at, you know, what happened in Toronto when he left, when Marner and Nylander took Dubas to the cleaners on his two contracts. And Lou, you, you, we, we all know Lou's not going to let that happen. Nylander's not that bad of a contract. For what he produces. Oh my, oh my goodness. He's soft. Oh my goodness. So, he's soft. He's very soft in terms of a player. But if he had John Tavares actually be a better skater and maybe a winger who's a hard nosed winger, power forward type, then that would, Nylander, it wouldn't be visible his softness out there. But who he plays with is showing his softness. But the guy is putting the puck in the net. And as long as he's able to do that without causing goals against, then his contract is a steal for 6.9 if he's scoring 30 plus a year, especially in today's National Hockey League. But with Marner, yeah, we we can sit here all day and agree with that, okay? But it's speaking of that, we won't transition to those topics. Save those for another day. But I want listeners to let us know if they think offer sheets are going to be done, okay? Alex, I don't know if you have any final thoughts before we go to our last topic uh, that we're going to get to quickly before quickly transition to some local topics before a break. No, I was honestly just glad that I heard a podcast in any capacity. Well, especially my favorite one. Say, William Nylander's contract's not that bad. I've been arguing that forever. That's a perfect note to end on. I like that. <laughs> you, you know, here's what I'll say. Uh, 
it's going to be interesting to see where this year goes. And quickly saying that, fellas, news that has been released. We've already talked about this on the previous podcast, So that in particular with Alex that we had. You can check out last week. The division alignment with the Canadian teams, okay, that's, there's been more rumors surfacing. So that's why we're not going to jump into many topics about it. But there's been rumors now that with these Canadian teams that they will also be playing the first two rounds of the playoffs against each other. So how that would make sense is it depends on, obviously, three teams from each division makes it right to the playoffs, kind of how it goes. So a fourth team would have to make it in there from that Canadian division for that to work, of course, from what I see from basic math, unless they are able to change the format around to a certain extent. If there's going to be four teams per division, that's going to be going on in the division alignment, which it seems that that will be the fact. So that is going to, that is the current rumor up to date with the division alignment. It seems more and more each day that division alignment with Canadian teams is going to happen. It does make sense. Let's get real. It should be a thing because it's, the best protocols that are in place for this season for COVID-19 issues that have been going on in the world. If nobody's heard of COVID-19, well, you know, uh, time to, I don't know what you've, where you've been the past year, but honestly speaking with the division alignment, it is massive that the Canadian teams play against each other. That would just bring so much excitement for television viewers in Canada. I think not Canada, it's a positive. So we will we'll save those topics and feedback from both Alex Dane and Justin and the crew here on the game and myself going forward in future shows. The one thing that I wanted to bring up in particular is two things in terms of local sports. Obviously, the Sioux Thunderbirds and the LSSU Lakers are currently actively playing. Just in case anyone hasn't noticed, and obviously the LSSU Lakers had a final shootout game against a Michigan Tech which was considered a 0-0 game. Obviously, with that Michigan Tech, they won 4-1. So they start the year 1-0-1. We're not going to jump into any game analysis. You can listen uh, to Scott Nason with ESPN 1400 edition with a lot of intel with that and also some other shows connect on the GEM platform. But the main reason why I want to bring that on is because they started their season and NCAA hockey is going. And there's been some good highlights of NCAA hockey. Hits, goals, hockey's back, baby. In that retrospect, hopefully we see the NHL back soon. But make sure if you're a fan of the LSSU Lakers are part of NCAA hockey that you check out your nearest team to make sure you stay tuned with their scores. And these local news editions are brought to you by Gem Local. Hashtag Gem Local. Start that hashtag out. So make sure LSSU Lakers being a part of the Gem Local here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Game Entertainment Media, home base of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. The LSSU Lakers being back in action is just a relief to see after a bad season last year from what they presume they're expecting a stronger season this year. The Sioux Thunderbirds and the Blind Beavers, which we consider obviously close to home here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, obviously saw the Beavers sweep the Thunderbirds this past weekend, a long-awaited start for the Thunderbirds and Beavers as they had some issues with COVID-19 where they weren't able to start on the projected weekend that they were able to but overall the NOJHL hockey is back in flight that you can check out on their website that's Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League and there's also other leagues that are going on within Canada make sure that if you are following your local sports that you keep in touch them follow the streamlines that they have and support those local organizations, especially in the minor junior ranks. And that's why I really stick out with the, the NOJHL and in connection with the hockey TV that is on there. If you, since you're unable to most likely go to the game due to the COVID-19 regulations in place, make sure that you follow everything that broadcasts your local team or league. Also, I want to give a shout out to uh, the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds organization uh, for uh, a great article that they have written that I actually 
uh, shared through my own personal social media uh, with Jim McCauley. And as this was mentioned on our ESPN edition, this is well known in the community of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Jim McCauley had a positive impact on my life and my youth hockey development when I was playing back, whether that seems like forever ago now, when either I was scoring goals or being a grocery stick once upon a time in junior. It, it, it's... It, Jim McCauley was a big part in that development in my life. And Jim McCauley is imperative with being a part of the development of hockey in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, with the Sault Ste. Marie Grounds, being one of the founders of the Sault Ste. Marie Grounds. You know, they've lost uh, two legends in Angelo Bombaco and Jim McCauley in the last recent couple of weeks. And Jim McCauley was a great man and obviously nothing but a smile. And I was able to have a conversation with him just over a week ago at Aurora's. And I will always treasure the conversation that we've had because we went into a lot of catching up that was well overdue and wants to rest in peace to Jim McCauley and obviously to uh, the family associated with Jim McCauley and just the family with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds and everyone connected overall with Jim because he touched many hearts did he ever so uh, he will certainly be extremely missed especially by yours truly and uh, the game sports show and Jim so Dane Alex I know you guys were silent on the other end for the last just under handful of minutes as I went through some updates there on the gym local side Alex you're staying on I'm not letting you go anywhere so we won't say bye to you but Dane I mean, Alex and I are going to jump in some basketball we're going to let you go for the rest of the night I want to say thank you for coming on yeah well, I'll talk to you boys in a bit on the old uh, the old tell box there and uh, <laughs> yeah, have, a, have a good combo about basketball there we go we well Dane once again thank you very much Thank you, boys. Have a good one. Bye. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, you're it's truly an Alex. We're going to dive into some NBA. Just a little reaction about some things that have gone on before we wrap up our show here. Brought to you by North Superior Brewing Company. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Game Sports Show, powered by GEM, the game entertainment and media. We want to tip our hats to Compass Imaging and Demansky Office Interiors. Two great businesses in one great location. From overall graphics to full office needs, Compass and Demansky has it all in one stop. Make sure you check them out on Facebook and on Instagram. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Zachary Kelly. I'm a professional goaltender in the Washington Capitals organization. If you're a sports person, well, you need to download my new app. It's called Living Sisu, S-I-S-U. Everything about sports, from discounts to events to just learning new tips and tricks about sports. Download the app. Follow us on Instagram. We have the app just came out there on iOS and Android. Just want to say a big shout out to the guys at the Game Sports Show. Thanks a lot. And I really appreciate you guys. And we'll talk real soon. Welcome back to the Game Sports Show. You're surely David McCaig uh, with the Game Sports Show, obviously powered by Jim, the game entertainment and media. And I'm here, continue to be joined by the Mr. Clean himself, Alex. Mm-hmm. It was funny. I was actually telling a few of the coworkers today. I put on a white T-shirt after I got in the sh- out of the shower, and I looked at myself in the mirror, and I just crossed my arms for a second. I was like, okay, yeah, I see it. Yeah, you see it. Yeah, yeah, you got the build too. You know, you're you're almost there. Yeah, it's a little bit more, a little bit more. Mr. Clean's a pretty jacked guy, you know. But I, I say this at the same time: if that's what people look at me and compare me to, that's a pretty damn good comparison. Definitely is now. There's one thing that hasn't that that has been also very clean this off season, and that Ooh. that is the NBA. And the reason why I say it's clean is because there hasn't been really much drama. Okay, the way I say it, there's not. The only the drama is starting to surface with a particular player that I know you're going to be bringing up in the in a few short moments. But the NBA offseason has been actually extremely exciting. All right, you have like Tristan Thompson going to the Celtics, Van Fleet resigning a record-breaking deal in terms of a non-drafted player with the Raptors, and Masai Ujiri bringing in his type of Masai Ujiri players. 
okay, with the Toronto Raptors, those guys, everyone's like, why the hell are you bringing this guy in? Why aren't you going after this big guy? No, like Aaron Bynes signed a two-year deal. The Raptors doing what the Raptors do, right? And then you obviously have Serge moving on, Marcus Gasol moving on, then Cousins going to the Rockets, and Adams going to the Pelicans. And you have an, an NBA draft that was really – was really surprised in certain ways as well. I know Knicks fans weren't, uh, you know, they were pretty pleased and, and there's some teams that weren't pleased, but overall it's been an off season that has been actually pretty exciting with the NBA, Alex. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to say Anthony Davis, if you leave the Lakers after he opted out of his contract, declined his $28.7 million player option, becomes a free agent. Anthony, listen, man, if you do that, you are such a snake, but I respect it, man. You're just like, you know what? If you can't beat him, join him. Let's make a super team. Let's play for the Lakers. Let's win that championship. Woo, we did it. I'm sick. LeBron's sick. We're all sick. But now let's go get a bunch of money elsewhere because I won a championship, so it doesn't matter. So uh, I would I would love to see it just because, like, I hate the super teams that win. We all do. We all hate the Patriots. We all hate the Golden State Warriors when they're the, the big dynasty team. So if we could see, you know, another big team fall, I think a lot of people are going to be joining me and celebrating. Oh, I think so. And Anthony Davis will be taking a lot of money to go elsewhere. And there's been other offseasons like Hayward going to the Hornets. You know, there, there's there been Mellow is probably one of my favorite stories of the offseason. Look, I know a lot of scrutiny with Mellow with his attitude when he was younger and what happened when he went over to the Knicks. And what he did when he played with the Portland Trailblazers this year, he signed there on a deal. And he just re-signed on a deal. Melo is out there because he's loving the game, right? And Serge Ibaka leaves the Raptors to go to the Clippers. You have Gasol uh, going to the Lakers. Gasol going to the Lakers, which we thought maybe Gasol would be going back overseas if that happened. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. It's 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 been a surprising year. And if the, the Lakers are a team that's kind of been sort of quiet, if you will, because, you know, obviously Caldwell Pope returns to L.A. That was one thing that was reported. There's a lot of news that we're jumping into right now. There's a little bit of older news. But what I see with the the Lakers is a team that uh, if Anthony Davis doesn't return, they are not a favorite to repeat. I'm telling you, I'm sorry, LeBron, you are the the king you are the best player still in the nba i will say that right now i am still a big lebron fan a lot of people may not like me because of that comment but you got to give credit words due. the guy's a fucking freak man the guy the guy is a freak and i'm talking to everybody out there who appreciates the game of basketball lebron deserves to be respected okay and when he said that he should be respected when he said that in his little post-game championship speech on the court the guy should have already been respected, okay? That, so with him saying that kind of upset me. But the Lakers, I would love to see nothing less, okay, than see Anthony Davis – or nothing more, sorry, than Anthony Davis moving on to another team, especially if it was – hold your thought here, Alex – the Knicks. I have yeah. a feeling something about the Knicks. Everyone's like the Knicks. It's a dust organization. It is. It, right now, the Knicks are a joke. They, they they are not the – I want to say they're almost like the Buffalo Sabres, but it's not even close because the Knicks are a story franchise. But there's a team that had and has potential to be a better team than what they are, but they're not because players are leaving. Players aren't happy. They've had high draft picks, but they haven't won the draft lottery. They've had some shit luck, just like the Buffalo Sabres have had if you want to compare hockey. And I just feel like what better 
storyline and legacy can you make for yourself if you can alter an organization that has a Canadian phenom there with RJ Barrett if you went in there for him to be able to feed the ball to you? Oh, wow, I just closed my eyes while you were saying that. I pictured this movie rolling out in my head where this guy just goes to be the all-time enemy of a place for leaving and then going and, and, and rewriting history for a franchise, kind of almost like LeBron did, but... Wow, yeah, no, that would be really cool. Do I think it's going to happen? Absolutely not, because it's the Knicks, and nothing good happens to the Knicks. They're the Leafs of the NBA. So no, that's a better that's a better example. Maybe it is the Leafs of the NBA, but at least the Leafs can make the playoffs. That's the only reason why I didn't jump into that. Compared. Well, I mean, like, yeah, but it's not, <laughs> so it's it was not, easier when they didn't make the, the playoffs. Don't it don't matter. You can't get past the first. They round. couldn't get past the the round that wasn't even a round. <laughs> they didn't even get into the playoffs this year. But the NBA this year, I'm a big thing that I'm watching and what I'm noticing is the change. And the Raptors are a team that are going over to Tampa Bay to start the season. Obviously, this shouldn't have been a surprise. Yeah, I hope it wasn't a surprise to anybody. Of course, I don't. I can't. Canada government's not going to let them in. Are you kidding me? And they, if they, we have regulations, but there's people saying that's bullshit. Why couldn't the some teams go to Canada and do do, or why can't we have this? Listen, I saw some comments online. It roll makes me run and roll my fucking eyes at some nimwits that are out there. Okay, listen, we are the only Canadian team. It's not like the NHL where there's a there there's a few, a handful. There's more than a handful of teams. So. That is where it makes sense that you have a Canadian division, quote-unquote, if that actually happens. But in the NBA, you can't do that. We are the North for a reason. We're the only fucking team in the North. The Vancouver <laughs> the Grizzlies are not a team, okay? There's no Ottawa Senators NBA team. There's no Montreal Canadiens team, okay? There's no team that is in Canada other than the Raptors. Them traveling to the NBA on the southern side of the border in the States is what makes perfect sense. And seeing them be the Tampa Bay Raptors as a joke or Florida Raptors, no, no, they're still the Toronto Raptors. They're just, they might make a little fun alternate jersey in terms of being in Florida, but they're still part of the Raptors organization and, and with the Toronto. They're not going anywhere. This needs to be taken in place so the season can get started. And start properly. And I'm really thinking, Alex, like I feel like the NBA is either they're more released in the media about their season coming up, but it seems like they're on a better in the season start than what the NHL is. Yeah, I think we just talked about it last week, too. The problem for the NHL is that they want their Christmas break. It's in the CBA. But for the NBA, they're used to playing on Christmas Day. That's what you want to do. You want to play on Christmas. It's a huge honor. Um yeah, I don't know. Both leagues are just trying to get back on track so they can start again at a regular time for the next season. And I think both can do it. And I think the NHL should think about lowering their schedule to maybe 60 games instead of a full 82 like they were talking. For the NBA, if they get started on time, I don't see any reason why they can't do the full season. So we'll have to see. What's your favorite move this offseason that's happened in the NBA? Fred Van Vliet staying in Toronto. Let me be the biggest homer you've ever heard. He has the Toronto mentality coursing through his veins. He is the same feistiness that you see in Kyle Lowry. I see in Fred Van Vliet. And it's nice that he's staying home. It's nice that he got a good payday. But I don't think he was overpaid. But uh, unfortunately, with the two departures of their big men, Gasol and Ibaka, I think they're kind of destined to that Toronto Raptors mediocrity that we've been so, so used to. See, that's where I think bringing in where the Raptors brought in 
uh, Bembry, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing his name incorrectly, the Lions bringing him in as well. There's a lot of good center change that they made there and bring and keeping Boucher on a two-year contract as well. I think Masai Ujiri just has to be trusted a bit more. But I'll have to say my favorite move, and I've already said it here on this upload, and it's Carmelo Anthony. That That is actually my favorite move. I, You know, I, I'm glad to see the way Melo has played. Uh, in the in the NBA these past um, past season, and he actually mm-hmm. had a shot against the Raptors earlier this year when we were able to have fans in inside arena, which what is year? Oh, literally seems like years ago. Mm-hmm. But see these storied lines come in, and I'm actually a little bit of a I'm a big Damian Lillard uh, fan. And oh my god, I, that guy's nasty. Yeah, he is unbelievable. And I'm actually, I guess I got kind of maybe a little soft feel for Portland, right? There, there's a team that is a, a city that is also hoping to try to get out and try to surface as an elite franchise, but they've always been under the the franchise of Golden State, the the Lakers, the Spurs. You know, they've they haven't been able to break through that ceiling. And not saying that the signing that re-signing sorry of Carmelo Anthony is going to get you over the top. But I hope Carmelo has a very strong year again. There's a guy that just after he went with the Knicks, there was shit that went on to him after. And to see what he was able to battle through to continue to play at the level that he is at his age, it's it's good to see. And I'm glad that he didn't sell himself out to go fucking play for the Lakers or the Clippers. That's one reason why I'm a big fan of what his sign is. But I don't think the NBA is done. I still think there's going to be stuff. And there's things that people are forgetting. Two things. Number one, Clay Thompson's out for the remainder of this year. So Golden State took a big hit there, uh, which is so sad to see man like last time we saw him on the court is when he was driving into the paint and Danny stuffed him and he came back out on the court shot a free throws and he went off and he hasn't touched a ball uh, in the NBA since you, you know and there there's Golden State right now that is at a point that they're you know I don't want to say that they're re, like they're going to be a rebuilding or they're going to be at the bottom again but missing Clay Thompson is absolutely huge but there's one point that I'm excited to see this year many people are forgetting the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant is due to return, and people maybe are James Harden going there too. Who if, knows? If Harden goes there, I I'm afraid. How do they pay for it? They don't. That doesn't. I don't think. I don't. I don't think you have Jordan. You have you have Kyrie, and you have uh, Durant there. I think that's all they're going to do unless they move out DeAndre somehow and sign some other uh, scrum to go in there. You know, like whoever it is at center, some guy waiting to have a contract. But that's the team that I am scared to watch this year if you're a raptor fan or from the nba i'm calling it right now the nets are something especially if durant's healthy Kyrie giving that ball to kd holy christ i'll tell you right now it's going to be something special to watch alex final thoughts before we wrap up the show i i wasn't ready for that i completely forgot about them yeah you did eh See, that's why I'm here. You know, like I don't just want to be a uh, a, a sexy voice on the other end. Or pretend <laughs> I was to say a good-looking guy, but yeah, that's uh, that too. I, I, you know, Movember's in full flight over here. People, saw oh me. yeah, it is. Probably wouldn't recognize me right now. I got that stash just a blooming over here. Uh, but you know, it's it's certainly been a. Uh, interesting offseason for the NBA. It's definitely been great for the NHL. And in terms of local, I want to remind listeners that with hashtag Gem Local, I'm really stressing the hashtag out there and Gem Local. People are wondering, probably Alex, what the hell is Gem? People better start getting to know it because I'm going to start throwing it out there a lot. But we will have a lot of local basketball coverage when that is available. Obviously, if it's in Sault Ste. Marie or other local communities that we that we'll be working with. But there is not really much to jump into when it comes to local basketball, obviously, currently right now. So all of our news with basketball 
is in the NBA. And uh, there's a lot to talk about with that. Lots because they've given us that opportunity. But we do not. This is not our only show this week. I know it's superior hockey edition upload along with basketball news. We do have an in-the-pocket upload, and there has been multiple uploads already this week on our website, ESPN 1400 edition. Uh, we got the Simply Bush shows. we got EJ Russell's Hot Seat show, everything on there. Last week on Friday, we uploaded Jason Bakashua's special edition upload. We do not have a special edition upload this week coming up. So there's a lot of news that you can get caught up with, a lot of different entertainment varieties you can check out on just make sure you go to our episode tab of the game sports show and you can also look at our about page because you can see the good looking face of alex Parr on it oh dave you shouldn't have i shouldn't have alex thank you very much my friend for coming on uh we will be in touch in the coming days i'm sure for either another show or even even at work because you and i are in the same workplace are you not coming online tonight are you bailing on the boys playing some show Oh, I will be playing Chell. And speaking of Chell, well, that- who doesn't have Chell, make sure you download and play it and challenge the Game Sports Show. Because let me tell you, you ain't going to win. Mm-mm. Yeah, that, that's right. I'm not in a bad headspace about NHL. Okay, let's go play. Let's go play, Dave. Let's wrap this I- up. I like that. Alex, thank you very much. I want to say thank you again to Dane. I want to thank you to everyone a part of the Game Sports Show family and Jim family. And also, I want to say thank you to everyone who is a part of uh, assisting me in our not only the house renovation that we have, but the helping with the Gem office studio renovation, which Alex is still yet to see technically, but we'll be planning that for you to get down here as it's just yours truly due to the COVID restrictions, ensuring that we follow protocols and record inside the studio independently. It's definitely fantastic. We'll be having some uploads to the social media with that as soon as possible. And I want to remind listeners hit like, follow and subscribe on all of the platforms of gem and the game sports show and follow all the media and social media platforms, which through social media is tagged at the game sports show again thank you to alex and dane yours truly dan mccake signing off for our northern superior upload northern superior brewing company where it is a northern thing located on 50 pym street in sault st marie ontario and make sure you get down to northern superior brewing company they are open they're able to deliver and they have great products available for you to enjoy multiple beers the options available for you as well and merchandise they got some sick swag that's all I got to say with that. Dave McKay again here signing off with the Game Sports Show. I'm here to remind you, keep your stick on the ice, swing your bat, catch your touchdowns, turn your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.